Welcome to another episode of Women's as Champions of Environmental Change. And my guest today is Ms. Kunge Kanjobe, who is the head of environmental program at WWF, which she joined in January 2022. She oversees a portfolio of activities in areas that include climate, freshwater, land and biodiversity, marine sustainable food system, circular, circular economy and wildlife. She's a seasoned executive with extensive leadership and management experience gained in the public and private sectors in over 20 years. Sustainability, the environment in particular, biodiversity, water, climate change, environmental policy, and research development, innovation management are her areas of expertise. Before this role, she was group executive at, at CSIR, um, responsible for business excellence and integration. And also she has extensive experience as a non-executive director of boards in public in, and private sector. She holds a BSc honors in biology from the University of California, Los Angeles, and MS, MSc in zoology from the University of Pretoria and completed a management development program uh, enterprises from the International Institute of Management Development in Switzerland. She has also engaged in further studying business sustainability, management, disruptive innovation, design thinking, and innovation for business, sustainable finance, and on climate change. She is currently studying for an MSc finance and investment at the University of Liverpool in the UK. That's wow, that's a that's a very, very impressive CV. I like the fact that you uh, you've worked in the private sector and the public sector, and mm. now in the NGO sector. And mm. uh, and that shows like a wide experience. Uh, maybe mm. just to go a step back. So mm. Uh, just uh, share with us and the listeners what drives you. Well, I, I mean, it's what drives me has evolved um, because obviously when I was younger, I just wanted to 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 do better in school. I think I wanted to to do better to be able to get a good job, I suppose. But I, over time, and it was it, it was soon after my career started actually that I thought I thought the things that were drawing me, uh, you know, that were exciting me were 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 jobs and career opportunities where there was a particular strong mission and purpose. So I think environmental environmental sector and science. I could achieve that. So my time at, at, at the Department of Environment, you know, it was just after, you know, I joined after the New South Africa. So there was a big purpose around transformation and getting environmental issues aligned or rather agenda aligned to what had come out of Rio about two years, ago, you know, in, in 1992. So that, that, was, that felt a very strong pull for me. 
Um, and then at the CSR, uh, you know, CSR's mandate, and I mean, our, our former CEO used to make us sort of internalize this. It was about improving the quality of life of the people of South Africa through uh, research, development, and innovation, and in, in, in the sectors we've chosen to. My, my work in the private sector in particular, I was actually running a water treatment company, uh, cleaning up AMD in mining sector. So that's a big, that's a big, Peppers area, mm-hmm. uh, and lo and behold, here at WWF, I'm also there's this big mission on and vision uh, to see nature and and people uh, people and nature living in harmony, you know. So th- those that that talks to me. That really talks to me. I think that's what I feel like. I've I've been searching that intuitively, but I think initially it was get a good job. Um, you know, you know, study hard, get a good qualification, get a good job, and then, and then I think when I settled career-wise, it became uh, a much bigger, big, bigger things that pulled me. Yes, um, I mean the fact that you talk about something bigger than yourself is oftentimes not, uh, for some people, not seen as the thing. People just do a job. And mm. uh, and then move on to the next job. So, mm. so what I'm hearing from you is that you are working. You always find yourself working for something bigger than yourself. Mm. And, and that 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 that's that sounds big. Um, and if someone is listening, I mean, how does how do you get to that point? Well, I think I think in part, I think it's probably my personality, but I also think that the interesting thing about you know when you're when you're when you're pursuing more of a mission agenda in your career, the size of the company becomes irre- irre- irrelevant because if the company can be small and have a big mission, so WWF is much smaller than CSR, for example. And some of the people I work with here are puzzled. Why are you here? But there's a mission. <laughs> That's what I'm 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 kind of chasing. So I think I think I've I think it's 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 been my personality, but I I can't say it's one thing. I think I'm just wired that way. <laughs> uh, but believe me or not, I mean it's not like I'm compromising other aspects like you know, getting paid decently and fairly. Uh, and and in accordance with my value, even though t- from time to time I do skimp on on that, you know, which is what I think most of us as women sometimes do. But uh, you know, but but often I wouldn't trade off, um, you know, money for this other this other bigger mission, you know, or, or mission oriented kind of agenda. So what I'm hearing is that you can have both. You can have you can, can have, have a both. career of yeah. uh, p- pursuing a mission and be mission oriented, but not yeah. forgetting yourself and yeah. Uh, yeah. what, what yeah. matters to you financially and survival. Oh, yeah. that's that's yeah. that's big, because yeah. some people yeah. it's either or. Yeah. 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 And and that's where I am as well now, because it you know, you 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 go do go into this imbalance between the two, by the way. So that's that's the nature of life. So sometimes you tilt that way more. So you'd sit in an organization a little longer because you're so engaged with what it's about. And then you yourself are not really kind of like being 
you know, rewarded in accordance with your value and worth, so to speak. And I, I can feel it now. My value and worth issues are coming up. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, so, and so, but but I'm not going to pursue those at the expense of also. So it's about balance. And I think you get it. In my case, I think I'm getting it better. But I think I'm heading there to get the balance with age. I think it, it's coming with age as well, you know. Okay. Wonderful. And uh, I like the fact that you link that up with the woman because women, sometimes we've got all of these other roles that we play. Mm. And sometimes we forget ourselves, if not oftentimes we forget ourselves yeah. Uh, yeah. in the process. And uh, just being able to bring those together, at and is, is that a deliberate act or you, it just so happens? Well, you know what? I think um, you know. I, I, I must. I must disclose. I'm. I'm highly spiritual, uh, and it's that's also evolved over time. So I do think that the universe, so to speak, does knock you if you're actually tilting and and ignoring yourself. And and I'm grateful for that because I do get signals every now and again that mm, actually you're not being kind to yourself. You're not valuing mm. yourself now. You're actually going out of the way, out of your limb, all for everybody else and ignoring yourself. So I'm, you know, so it's coming up about that way for me. And I think that, um, you know, it's a good thing because I, most of us uh, were taught to be selfless. I mean, every other, whether it was in church or even a family and our, and we've misinterpreted the concept of Ubuntu, that it was all about everybody else. But not us. But but it is actually about the balance, you know. The, none of the two ex, two should be um, lived in extremes, you know. Mm, yeah, I hear you. So where did it all start? I know you mentioned that you started in the Department of Environmental Affairs, <laughs> um, and uh, maybe you want to share with us how did you get involved in the kind of conservation. Space. Yes, yes. In fact, it, it was a bit of, you know, sort of um, not, let me say this, in school, I had no real understanding or knowledge about um, the conservation in the sense that it's, you know, it's it's a professional area. Of course, I grew up in a rural area, very sort of very natural area. So, you know, so I was always around nature, but I mean, that, that was just part of my living environment, but I went into, I ended up in environmental sector because I, I initially started um, to, I wanted to be a doctor, a medical doctor. <laughs> medical so, doctor. That's, okay. why I, that's why I studied biology. Um, you know, when I went overseas right after high school to family and I, you know, I thought I wanted to be a doctor. And if you're in the U.S. to to actually go to medical school, you need to finish an undergrad undergraduate degree. So I then um, enrolled for BSc biology degree with the view that I'll go to 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 medical school. And I wasn't sure if I'll do it in America or South Africa, but then things changed in South Africa when I was in the U.S. with Mandela coming out of jail and 
you know, the, the new change. And for some reason, I felt this big pull to be to come back to South Africa. And and I basically abandoned. And I think I wasn't really like wanting to be a doctor. I think it was more about wanting to be better, to just be more. I wanted like I was studying science and I wanted a more an ambitious type goal career wise. So I abandoned that, and but but I had a BSc honors degree, and then I thought to myself, you know what, um, I'm not going to get a job in a science area without a postgraduate. So that's why I ended up enrolling at the University of Pretoria. Uh, and there's, there's a bit of a story there, um, I, you know, and I did, I, I, and and I had to choose between because here in South Africa they split between. They split biology into zoology and botany, yeah. so I then I speak the I pick the animals for some reason, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, and I, I I did my masters, and I also realized when I was doing my masters, I I mean I did I did very well, I I got a um, uh, you know a, you know sort of a, it was a thesis based masters, but. Uh, and I learned a lot. I learned a lot about writing. I learned a lot about research. I got exposed to other areas, um, you know, went overseas on some fellowships and things like that. So it was a good, good time. But but as I was finishing my master's uh, degree and I was writing up, um, you know, there were these jobs that were advertised by the then Department of uh, uh, Science, um, it was called DEXT, <laughs> Arts, Culture, yeah. Science, and Technology. <laughs> they had about mm-hmm. 12 jobs where they were looking for coordinators. Mm-hmm. And so because in the U.S., you know, as a student, you get to work. So I just thought, you know what, I prioritize the experience part. I mean, my professors were saying PhD, PhD. I was like, oh, I need work experience. So I applied for one of these. I thought I'll get, if there's 12, I'll get one of those. (laughs) And lo and behold, I got one of those. And I was in an interview with somebody who probably know, film Joacha and and Rob Adam. So this was like, I mean, I was green, literally. (laughs) And and they were asking me, and they were asking me hard questions about how I'm going to, promote gender and I'm thinking geez what is, <laughs> how do you do that <laughs> anyways I got the job and 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 we had an opportunity in that project to actually map out it was a, it was called we were working in a project called Foresight the National Research mm-hmm. and Technology Project pro, pro, project and and it was segmented into sectors of the economy mm-hmm. and, and and the social sectors so there were environmental sectors in one of those which i actually championed because by that time i was also kind of you ta- taken up by what had come out of rio the environment and development as the okay. you know sort of like that. so you know sort of the sustainable development notion so mm-hmm. i then pushed for biodiversity sector and I ended up coordinating that. There were other sectors like environment, you know, in the brown sense. And then there was agriculture, manufacturing energy, et cetera, et cetera. So that I started there actually in, in, in government on, on biodiversity. Interestingly, when I was actually then working on this project, I mean, there's a long story about our experience there. It was fantastic experience. Uh, Film Joachim was our director. And... Um, you know, I, as I was busy with that, there was some the 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 protocol the Katahina protocol on biosafety was being negotiated, mm-hmm. and I wasn't in the Department of Environment per se. I was on the 
taxed side, looking at the research and development agenda for biodiversity side. Anyways, uh, there was an issue that arose in the department about those negotiation and who was leading it from the South African side. And there were conflicts with the African delegations by, you know, and then um, I then I was asked uh, by then Tanya Abramsey, I asked Roger Jardin, who was the DG, <laughs> to say, can Kunyaga step in to lead the uh, the delegation on biosafety, bio uh, oh. the negotiations on biosafety. And and I was still with the department, so I got sent to do this, and I got really en- engaged into this. But um, so that, that took its own course, the negotiations. I went to the first meeting, but during the same, around the same time, they were also introducing a new structure in the department. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was the first sort of like post- um, you know, uh, old South Africa structure, you know, so they, and there were like lots of us, quite a lot of black professionals. So I came into, into heading the biodiversity side. There were climate, uh, mm. new professionals on climate, people like Jerry Linguasa were there, mm. you know, heading up on, you know, it was a very interesting time. Tanya was DDG at the time. So that's how I then got to be in the department. Yeah. So it my my biodiversity story didn't actually start there. I I I hear that. And (laughs) just looking back now, with I mean, you have the the opportunity or the wisdom of looking back. Mm. Uh, What does that? I mean, wanting to be a doctor, then uh, pivoting into something else. And then starting the research and technology side of things and then moving into the department, leading up a delegation. What does that tell you about yourself? Well, I had, and it's actually also just crystallized lately that I need to own my leadership abilities. <laughs> mm. yeah. uh, because I, I, I think that it it's something that it, I think uh, sort of was there. And and I always attribute, you know how sometimes we attribute this. Um, I was I was shy in school, uh, in, mm. in high school. I think I, I went to school with some of the people you know, people like Spoga Zipokwe and all of them, or Mandisa Jonas. Those people were in my high school. I went to St. Matthews. I think I was very shy, and I think many people didn't know who I was. So I never really thought of myself as a leader, per se. But I think it was there. I mean, and and I think when I went to the U.S., I sort of came out of my shell and blue, 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 blossomed, and my master's took me through that so i think leadership um skills were there uh i think they've solo, sort of like sort of pop, popped up on me <laughs> even when i mm-hmm. went to play low-key they kind of pop up and yeah. it's like yeah okay this is a leader to be reckoned with <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so that's what also happened in the department. That's what happened at CSR. That's happened across across where I've worked. Yeah. So the leader in you finds itself when it's required. The leader in me finds himself, myself, my ego self doesn't always acknowledge that I'm a leader. Didn't okay. always acknowledge that, but it does now. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, because, uh, yeah, I think I think it just, um, it's something that it was there, but I think it was not something, it's inherent. I think I always had a neck for it. I always had, um, you know, um, sort of natural abilities around it and you know so yeah okay 
So moving on to today and um, mm. looking at the issues around whether you want to call it conservation, environment, or sust- environment sustainability, um, what do you think are the key issues facing the sector? Pam, I think the key issues is that um, first, I think it's no, I mean, it's well known now and it's good that mainstream society and economy, and maybe I'm exaggerating when I say mainstream society, because not everybody is on is is fully aware about the extent to which, um, uh, you know, we, we, we are on a downward trend in terms of the integrity of environment. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and, and I think if you studied environment, and I came more from the, from the scientific side of environment as opposed to the activist side of it. So, so, so you deal with the facts there about, you know, what's the state of environment and, and we're seeing degradation, uh, whether you're looking at biodiversity loss, whether you're looking at climate issues, whether you're looking at pollution. So that's a big overarching issue. And it's now big, it, it is indeed a societal issue. It's threatening the economy. It's actually threatening well-being of people. But I also think that the the in our country, we have very I mean, as you know, in terms of biodiversity, we're very, we have a very rich biodiversity, we're a very rich biodiversity country, very unique biodiversity. Uh, and on other issues as well, like climate, uh, not that we can have a unique clim- climate situation, but I think that the nature of our economy has put, put us in the spotlight, you know, around climate issues. So, so, so I think that we, as a country, I think we've dealt with environmental issues too much as issues that are in the periphery as opposed to be the center of our development. Mm. So as a consequence, we're not seeing a lot of um, transformation taking place, in other words, demographic transformation taking place, especially in the conservation sector. uh, in the sector I'm in, um, in, in, the, in the in the sector, you know, in currently in my in my job at WWF, it's very, very, it's almost consistent that I'm the only or one of the two black people in the in in the room, mm-hmm. and I think we need to we need to change that. And I think though there's an opportunity as environmental issues are becoming mainstream, to perhaps not only um, advocate for environmental professionals, in other words, getting more black people, black, getting more women in there, you know, to to be experts, but also to be, you know, to advocate for environmental, to address environmental issues. But I also think that we need to now equip those who are running mainstream economy um, to actually uh, be aware and make decisions that uh, are aligned to positive environmental outcomes. So, mm-hmm. so there's a need, of course, to grow this, the, the pool of experts, and that pool needs to be diverse. Um, for example, I mean, the, kind of, the nature of the change that has to take place on climate is, is humongous. It actually overhauls or you know, gets everything upside down, so to speak, in terms of how we've known it. But, um, and and the people who need, we need more of representative South Africa 
to actually be in the forefront of the change are, that needs to be made as a result of the the risks and the threats around climate in our economy. And I don't think we, we have enough of that pool of people. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, similarly, with biodiversity loss, I mean, if biodiversity loss, many people think it's it's just about rhino, it's just about elephants. It is about those things, no doubt about it. But it is, at the end of the day, about the fact that uh, uh, small-scale fishes, when they go to the marine to, to fish, they actually can't find the the yeah. fish that they used to fish. <laughs> mm. It is actually about the fish Life that in, in the river down the road mm. that people would go and have this fish down the road. They no longer can find that. It is about the fact that somebody who would go and, and pick up umshonyane, I'm not saying umshonyane is endangered, but I'm using it as an example. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the medicinal um, species, mm. um, you know, as we as we as we transform habitats as you know and and develop irresponsibly then then we deprive those people so my argument is actually that um you know if we don't address these issues we're actually also um also contributing to deepening of poverty mm. um and 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 compromising development um uh, objectives in the process. So, so I'm arguing yes. Let's get in the in the in the sort of scientific activist sector of environment because environmental sector has been driven by both drivers. The scientists have been hard at it. The activists have been agitating society on the periphery. We call them greenies. No. Both of those ways of engaging environmental issues, we need to see more representative South Africans. So, yeah. but but I do think there are paradigm issues that have caused some South Africans perhaps to think these are things that are not our things. Mm. These are not these are issues that are not our issues. But I'm very what I'm saying is that the 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 the, the worsening of environment of the crisis, environmental crisis is now led to more of mainstream society. In other words, boardrooms are speaking about these things. Um, mm. We have president going to COP. I'm sure when you were a DG, you never had a president going to COP. Mm. <laughs> we have a yeah. president who goes to the climate COP. I, I remember my, the first time I had a president spelling, uh, pronouncing biodiversity was during the WSSD, which was President Tabombeg. And he didn't quite pronounce it, you know, the way, like, you could just tell it was, it was a foreign word for him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. what I'm saying is that um, we're getting more of that. And so part of the opportunity of getting representation is actually go into the mainstream economy as well, into communities as well, and 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 articulate the agenda of environment in the in those in, in those sectors in by and mainstream these issues in those sectors. So that action happens at that level as well. Yeah. Not just on the periphery. Yeah. So an up and coming young woman who might mm. have the qualifications what would be your advice uh, to her? Because she's might, she might have the qualifications. You make the point earlier on that sometimes there are only about two people in the room. Um, and how do how do you keep at it? How do you not get uh, um, 
lose energy or mm. um, uh, when you are trying to do i mean uh, you mentioned the whole thing about being an activist bringing in science and all of that it can be overwhelming for someone who's young mm. and who's trying to get out there and trying to make a name for themselves but where do they start or what advice can you give them yeah, I would say to them, actually, they're probably more luckier than I was. I am <laughs> I was when I started because mm-hmm. there are people like myself, there are people I who are here in this organization and other organizations, not in big numbers, who have uh in in, in South African national parks, in other in other uh, conservation agencies as an example and of course on climate um and and if you the people work in so you're, you're beginning you, there are there there are numbers but the numbers are not sufficiently in fact are not representative so you always ask this question around sorry you always observe this issue around representation because we're in South Africa and of course where you know the majority of people are black people and we should be seeing those however it really does help to have even if it's a few of us, uh, to be there as role models and as um even if at times we're not as closely um we're not we're not we're not always closely uh coaching them or mentoring them but just by the fact that they can see me or see somebody else who's a professional who actually you know not only possesses the knowledge but also commands, uh, authority in terms of what needs to be done. So they're lucky for that. But I do want to say to them, I think that uh, we need to, and, and I've seen this already, which is quite fantastic. Women who are coming up, and I've seen it here in WWF, who've come up through internships, they've gone for their master's degree, gone through internship, and the the quality of leadership skills is so much better than I think my and you know I thought I was a good good you know mature leader at the early stage but I mean they can articulate themselves but but let's not underestimate the fact that it's still harsh to be in environments where nobody gets where you come from has not lived your experience. And and therefore, your worldview, your point of view, is not always um, understood, and and so you have to bash against and bash against all the time to make your point. So from that perspective, I think they can. We can only we have to continue to to be visible. And maybe I'm not doing enough of that <laughs> to them to say we're doing this and this is what we stand for and we're on the right track. And sometimes that's that's sufficient, you know, to just see other people look who look like you, and then we build on that. So yeah, no, it 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 it, it it's not easy, but I do think they're coming at a time that, in my view, that that is so much more improved than than I think when I started off. So that's the comfort I want to give them, but not to also kid them and say it's going to be easy. Um, yeah. I think those leadership skills, resilience, I, I heard you speaking about resilience the other day. Uh, that, those, that skill, that uh, those qualities uh, come, come a long way. And, 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 and of course you have to buy into, into something bigger than yourself. And I think that's what also sustains me is that if you're, if you're driving for something bigger than yourself and it's not just about the job, um, but, 
yes, I'm not, you know, it's not just about Jeju, but there's this bigger passion that you're driving for or you're wanting to contribute towards. It does, it does, it does help one to to find themselves, you know, progressing and 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 gradually finding fulfillment. Yeah. Okay, so I, I know you serve on boards um, at the moment. That's a different terrain of struggle. I just want you to share with us uh, in terms of these issues that we're dealing with, uh, how how does one then make sure that they remain on the agenda, they remain in the policy, they funded, the programs are funded, that sort of thing? You mean you mean in the environmental sector or on the on the boards? I'm saying within um, your seven boards, um, is there space yeah. to do that? Is an advocacy role uh, when you sit on boards uh, to make sure these are funded or even the role orientation uh, of boards? Uh, so how does one get yes, that? Yes, yes. So, so, so Pam, it's actually still a, a challenge. Um, I sit, I've sat in, in a variety of boards. In fact, I'm doing, I'm sit, I'm doing a, a panel discussion tomorrow just on my board experience. And I've sat in different types of boards. And um and I have and and the and that experience varies. Um you know whether the com- you know the company is large or small, the nature of the company. I think the company I've set on was fortunately a company that hold investment holding for black people and and therefore it was more of an empowerment vehicle. So mm-hmm. the kind of board dynamics and the agenda was already oriented towards empowerment. But I, I I am aware that in boards, some corporate boards were um you know the 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 objective or the shareholding or even the management is not um is 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 probably comes from a particular perspective. Um, it does. It, it is. It, it can. It can take quite a lot of effort to make your point and to have your point land, and mm-hmm. and actually, and actually achieve some change. And 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 I must say, I was talking to somebody here that it was not a board per se, but in two instances where upset at uh, at a very high level of decision making. And this issue around um, w- retention of women and the factors that have to do with whether women are actually able to stick around in jobs, and the issue of the parenting and the support they need as, as you know, and raising children, etc. So twice I said in, in in instances where there was a discussion around um, a daycare center in in one in one organization, I'm not going to say the name, one organization, but can we have a daycare center in this in the organization so that our women uh, colleagues who have children are able to, you know, with ease, you know, be able to, you know, drop off their kids while on campus and, you know, and be able even during lunchtime to quickly pop in, you know, this matters to people and it was a hugely complicated <laughs> I can imagine. Um, you know sort of topic and, and and then it was and then I was on the council of one university this might be obvious from my CV and this same kind of discussion around having a women's a daycare center sorry in on campus 
was such a complicated discussion, whereas we were at, in the same council, the decisions about a billion rand building that, um, you know, maybe it's a lecture hall or something like that is done without any flinching. <laughs> because the university was is a very wealthy university. So 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 you will encounter issues like that. There are some issues like those where the issues that typically as women you would bring on the table because you have insight, you know, around around what what matters to women's work life balance, you know, and mm. and 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 those issues don't always land. I mean, I always say, for example, we give women um maternity leave, which was another um sort of uh, area I had to work through and I I happened to be the head of HR at the CSR. And there was a policy there where if you're a woman who joined this, we could we couldn't give you your full maternity leave, paid maternity leave if you joined, if you got pregnant and had to go on maternity leave on the year you joined. <laughs> so that was that was the conditions of service. And we're yeah. like, but how do we how do we attract women? How do we retain them if we don't do that? Fortunately that we got that changed. Um but there were other issues. Um, then the woman goes on maternity leave and they come back and then they are still breastfeeding. There's no infrastructure or rooms where they can express, yeah. you know, the milk. And and in fact, with those discussions and are still not in the boardroom. I, I still don't. I haven't seen board, board discussion that talks about when we build infrastructure with design also with this purpose. Malls have better infrastructure for women, <laughs> for change rooms <laughs> and, yeah. and, and all of that. If you're a woman and you're breastfeeding and you still, and then you come back to work, you're supposed to wear, express where in your office or in the bathroom. I mean, this is odd. We don't hmm. build buildings like that, uh, or we yeah. don't even provide. We don't even think this matters, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So those conversations are still not not quite one. <laughs> and hmm. this this goes back to the question of retention. I mean, it may be as practical as a. It's a practical issue. It sounds small, and many people don't want to talk about. Many women don't want to talk about the embarrassment they feel around having to express milk in the office. They don't want to talk mm -hmm. about that. It's embarrassing. So it doesn't get raised. <laughs> so so there are many of these issues about attracting and retention women and the and and therefore advancing this issue of retention, uh, sorry, of, of representation of women. No. That in bodies are still not as amenable to to and they still can't get their heads around. <laughs> So my final question, Kungs, has been a very interesting conversation. Uh, is, mm. uh, what is what would you want to be remembered for? Your legacy. My goodness, my goodness. I would like to be remembered for 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 courage to be myself, to 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 really honor my my full calling i would like to be remembered for that that i have i have had courage because it's not people often think that it's easy to just step up to what your 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 true calling is at least i'm 
I haven't found that, and I don't think I have fully stepped up to my to my full calling and to and and to have my voice. So, so I feel I feel that we all need to demonstrate this a little bit more because I don't think we want, um, in you know, people to be the same despite the fact that people need to be connected, but we do want to harness the individuality, the special skills, the special qualities, the, you know, the uniqueness. I I still feel that often enough, often we kind of promote more that, you know, you should, you should fit in uh, all the time. (laughs) And, and, and I know it's difficult to, to not fit in, I know, for example, the way I've run my career, people don't understand the, the decisions I've made. Um, you know, people, I was supposed to be an executive that goes up and up and up, and, and here I am in a very small NGO. Um, and I can explain my rationale around that, but fortunately, um, I can make that decision because I do think that at some point in your career, you could also, we, we should have liberty to just say, you know what, I just want to declutter, I want to reset, like anything you have to reset, and then look at where you're wanting to go to. And so we need to give ourselves a break. Uh, we don't have to be following a, a script. Uh, so, so yeah, maybe I want to be remembered for honoring, um, you know, my authenticity and who I am. And, and I'm still working on that. I'm working in progress on that. Hmm. Wonderful. Thank you very much, Kungs. And thanks for your time. Uh, just to uh, end the um, the conversation, we is uh, just I'm just uh, fascinated by your account of your journey from humble beginnings in a rural area to be in the United States to study, and then come back to South Africa. You 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 led uh, delegations, negotiated. Um, big, big uh, multilateral agreements and still being humble and say <laughs> that uh, today you are, you are you work for a fairly small NGO and you are still being driven by a purpose. And um, yeah. I, um, and more importantly for me, what my biggest takeaway is, is that it doesn't have to be, you have to be, every platform is an arena for taking issues forward and mm. I was quite interested, and maybe I'll speak to you again in the future mm. about some of the things that we're grappling with in the boardroom, whether it's um, mm. facilities for women and, mm. and conversations that take on there. And, mm. and of course, uh, your encouragement of younger women uh, mm. And acknowledging the fact that you yourself is work in progress, because someone can easily say that because you've got all of these worthy qualifications, that mm-hmm. um, that uh, that no 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 I can never do that myself. But I yeah. but I, I like the way how you've um, taken that and also use that uh, by uh, from a scientist perspective, but also now it sounds like more of an activist than a scientist, but I don't know, that's a story for another day. We can talk about it, but thank you very much for your time. And thank uh, you. Have a good day. 
Thank you very much, Pam. I do want to say this before I I I um uh, we, we we round off that um you know when you invited me and you wanted to address this topic, I, I was obviously very touched and I thank you for championing the these issues and the environmental issues. But I couldn't help but to remember a fabulous woman who was actually to me a role model, uh, and that's Dr the late Dr. Vuyoma Shat. Mm. And I would like really, I mean, I thought today for me reminded me of her and in, in many ways she passed on during COVID and we didn't have time to properly grieve her. And she was actually a huge environmental leader, even though she she also, um, you know, you could find her in all the other sectors of society. So I, in, in many ways, I also wanted to just, uh, you know, sort of send my gratitude to people like her uh, in spirit and, and to say that, uh, you know, we all get, she inspired it greatly and it, it, it you know, it's, we, we miss her, but she, she, she made such a difference in, in, in her short life. So thanks. Oh, wow. And, and I, it, this this came to me when you invited me. I'm like, you know, um, actually, Vuyo was one of those people who would like, you know, be with the women in, you know, the you know the corporate women, and then she would still bring environmental issues into the t- onto the table. Mm. And, and thank you. I'm glad thank you, you bring it up because she's uh, she's also been very instrumental in my career, and mm. we grew up in the same township. And, okay. Uh, okay. And, and and she wrote the foreword in my book. And, oh, fantastic! Uh, so, fantastic. Oh, very, yeah, interesting. Uh, may she, oh, she wonderful! Well, I'm sure she's speaking to us now. I'm sure she is. <laughs> yeah, she is. She's definitely present here. Yeah, thank you very much for bringing it up. She's one of thank those role models, and uh, we could say some of us can say that we she really mentored and showed us the way. Yeah, yeah. Much. No, she did. She did. Yeah. She did. Yeah, she'll be. Missed. No, thank you so much. What a pleasure. What a pleasure. And keep doing what you do. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Keep all. Okay. Okay. Bye.